We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir, uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not right now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free stay. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Great episode today. We got a returning guest and a movie that has been close but no cigar in the the Patreon for a long time. Uh, my buddy Ben Cruz from The Ringer is back. Me and Ben have talked about Super Bad. We've talked about the Rundown. We talked about uh, Crazy Stupid Love. A lot, a lot of fun things with Ben today. We're talking about Eddie, and Eddie is like I said the the patron vote every month had Eddie got nominated a few times as Eddie was always a bridesmaid never actually won so I added Eddie to the November schedule uh me and Ben are talking about it really really fun one to dive into uh not the not the most basketball savvy movie uh but but before we get into that shout out to the Patreon group especially our big show producer level patrons that is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, Chris Mykoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBow, and Classic Stating Fire. Big thanks to them and all of the patrons for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash big screen sports. That link is, is in the show notes. Uh, you can vote on movies for the show to cover, get say in, and what's going to get covered, when it's going to get covered. Uh, we got multiple polls up right now for Christmas. We got the patrons movie, plus we have a Christmas movie vote going on right now uh die hard the early front runner there of course die hard is christmas movie you get schedule updates you get ad free early episodes you get merch all while supporting the show and if you want to support the show for free tell a friend so um big thanks to everyone who supported the show and here is me and ben cruz we're talking about Whoopi goldberg frank langella we're talking about eddie all right returning to the show one of my good buddies a favorite guest of the show from the ringer it is ben cruz ben how you doing man kyle uh i really appreciate you hitting me up for for this movie specifically i'm sure people have seen it in the description already but when you texted me i was almost a little insulted you asked if i had seen it <laughs> because it is it was <laughs> embedded in my brain and I, I had to watch it uh just as a refresher but really this movie sticks out because there's a lot of things and we'll get into it but thanks for having me on again man this is always fun 
A lot of notable things. So th- this is a movie that I feel like people of a certain age and like '90s basketball fans have a big thing for. Like the this is this is one that I'm doing this because it got nominated for the the patrons movie of the month vote like five months in a row and just it always a bridesmaid <laughs> like never won and so i was like we're, we're doing eddie before we dive in though what what do you got going on where can people check you out you know check us out on the ringer the ringer nba show is in full swing we just launched our newest show uh the ringers nba draft show hosted by uh kevin o'connor and j kyle mann uh they're we're, we're starting looking ahead to the NBA draft this early uh, because of how historic it is. Obviously, you know, the Wemby sweepstakes, Scoot Henderson, Amen Thompson, all those guys and more. It's just such a loaded class. So go check us out over there. And then the Ringer Wrestling Show and Book of Wrestling, uh, you know, the, the main things that I've got. I'm working. I'm helping work on. There's a lot of people who are a lot smarter than me <laughs> who are helping me uh, with all that stuff. But those are the things uh, we've got cooking. And all the other Ringer pods that are, I'm sure, are in uh, the rotation for, for yourself, Kyle, and everyone else. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you know this. But huge fan of the ringer. Uh, here in here in my, my hometown of San Antonio, we're, we're also looking ahead to the NBA draft, I believe, is, uh, is the plan. <laughs> you, yeah, um, you guys are ahead in the Wimby sweepstakes right now, right? Is that? Uh, I know. That's the, yeah, that's, that's the plan. I mean, I think, like, the fact that the top NBA draft players from France is the most, most Spurs thing. Like, of course, the Spurs are tanking this year. Yeah, I'm uh, sure that's the only reason Popovich is sticking around at this point. <laughs> where, <laughs> sure, th- yeah, just just to see where just to see where he's going to wind up. But um, okay, today you and me. So w- you and I on this show have w- we've had range. We've talked about the rundown. Talked about the rock running down Sean William Scott. We've talked about crazy stupid love. Uh, we I mean we've gone all over the place. Today we are talking about kind of just like a. Not a straight lay sports movie, really, but a very like simple, tried and true plot, like fish out of water coach. We're talking about Eddie, the 1997 basketball comedy. Coincidences lead to the New York Knicks getting its loudest fan, Edwina Eddie Franklin, as coach. Season victory? Question mark. That's the that's the IMDb summary of the movie. Season victory? Question mark. Someone IMDb is just is just slipping on some of these. Uh, it starred Whoopi Goldberg, Frank Langella, Dennis Farina. It was directed by Steve Rash. Got a seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so, which is not what you want. This this one though, I I I stand corrected too. This movie came out in ninety six. Um, the thing with the thing with this and like this is what Jacqueline and I were talking about. We did our rewatch last night. It's crazy, like, Whoopi was so big in the 90s. Like, she was so... It's hard to think about now. Like, now she's just... She's on The View. People know who Whoopi is. But, like, Whoopi had... I, I think she had won an Oscar. She had been an Oscar. And I mean, I think she might have won for Ghost. But She like, won for Ghost, yeah. She, yeah. She had the juice to get this movie off the ground. Like, a movie starring a, a female-driven sports comedy. There are very few of those. And, and Whoopi had the juice this might not have hit, but it's kind of an accomplishment of like, we don't, we do not get movies like this anymore. No, I mean, and it's a shame too, right? Especially with kind of the female driven aspect of it. Like for it's for those types of movies to be talked about, they have to be really, really good. Right. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of shitty male driven movies, too many to name. And look, 
is this movie good? No. Is it entertaining no. as hell? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of content in this movie. Oh, so much. And we'll get to some stuff later where I have some issues. And that that's actually <laughs> the longest list I've ever put together, maybe in my life. But overall, I, I, net positive in terms of how entertained I was with the whole experience. Because again, I've seen this. I see. I saw this movie when I was a kid, but to rewatch it again as an adult was uh, it, it was surprisingly fulfilling. I was I was definitely surprised with how much I enjoyed it, given all the holes that I remember plot wise and from a sports perspective. None of it really bothered me all that much. Where I was, I didn't think it was seventeen percent Rotten Tomatoes bad. I'll just put it that way. The thing with this movie, and I think that explains a lot of it, is that there are six screenwriters credited with this script. That is too many cooks <laughs> in the kitchen. Never that, a good that time. Is where, that is one Never of those movies that was, that was piecemealed. Um, not sure how many people understood basketball actually involved in the making of this movie. They were smart in surrounding themselves with the arguably the greatest collection of NBA players in one movie. Really like, good. Solid. As far as far as as far as the deep roster, it doesn't have the star power of Space Jam. But like, there's let's see, we got how many Hall of Famers in this movie? Uh, Gary Payton. Gary is Payton. In this movie. Uh, that might that might be it as far as Hall of Famer. Uh, <laughs> End of Mitch, list. <laughs> Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond was on a Olympic oh, right. team. Yeah, yeah. No, and he is a Hall of Famer too. Mitch is a yeah. He's oh, like, is he? Uh, yeah. Rodman. Rodman's Dennis a Hall Rodman. of Famer. Yeah. Was that your mistake, Mr. Rodman? I think so. The team's got a lot of play. Bad shots. Bad coach. Bad hair. It's <sighs> not look good for the moment. It's your earrings, baby. You look naked. Vladi? They all have lines. Isn't Vladi? Is he? Should that be retracted since uh, he was <laughs> given his time uh, as the Sacramento <laughs> Kings GM? We should look that up. I, is he? That's actually a great question. I think, yeah, I, I think he is because the NBA Hall of Fame does a good job of uh, encompassing all your all your basketball. Because, like, didn't they put our Venus Sabonis in, or am I just absolutely fucking crazy with that? I think Sabonis is in. Uh, we we can trim, you can trim this down by the way because <laughs> there's something. No, uh, <laughs> this is just this is just two dudes googling. Yeah, no, Vladdy's in. Vla- okay, yeah, there yeah, and so is Sabonis. Yeah, Sabonis. S- is, Sabonis not even was in le- this movie, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was legitimately good. He's getting a free shout out, and his son is now playing playing very very well for the uh, the Sacramento yeah. Kings. But yeah, no, it's there's it's also pretty deep. Right there's there's just players that you, that stick out. Larry Johnson's in it, you know what I mean? Yeah, v- very oh, good. Yeah. Played played very well in the final game. S- still yeah. don't understand the, um, how the guys, are. the guys on their actual team. I mean, they get they get Mark Jackson, uh, you know John Sally and Rick Fox who start doing the Hollywood thing. Um, you know Malik Seeley, R.I.P. Uh, Greg Ostertag, fuck, just what kind of cru- name drop? Greg kind of cru- kind of crushed the role. Can we say that? Incredibly dumb, <laughs> incredibly dumb character. Had a key block when he did when he did get some playing time, but I, I think he uh, he crushed that of of everyone. I think he hit he hit a freaking home run. Yeah. What is, is this a Hall of Fame All Star starter bench warmer for you? I've got starter. You know, I I wanted it to be an All Star, but it's really not a good movie. <laughs> no. And. There's a lot it's but 
it is a very fun sports movie. I'll put that yes. out there. And and the premise, yes. the premise is hilarious. Objectively, yes. it, it's something that we all have dreamt about to get pulled oh, from yeah. the stands. Mostly it's to play, right? You're like, oh, we're yeah. down. We're down a person. We need a fifth. And that's you there. That's, you know, people pulling you from the crowd to play. But it's really dream fulfillment. You know what I mean? Yeah. But coach your favorite well, team. Perfect. Perfect. We'll get into like the the issues that came about in terms of the actual sports, but well, again, you and I enjoyed it. I'm sure your wife net positive yes. enjoyment. All right, yeah, net positive. So I texted you. I said this might be the trouble with the curve of basketball. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna retract that statement because trouble with the curve. I its biggest sin is it thinks it's really smart about baseball and like it thinks it's a really smart baseball movie. This movie doesn't think it's a smart basketball no. movie at all. This no. this movie is is not pretentious whatsoever. This movie is we have one of the most bankable stars of the nineties. We have Frank Langella, who's a great theater actor. We have a shit ton of great character actors, which is crazy in this one. Like you have Farina and Richard Jenkins, and then we have a bunch of NBA players, and it's like, hey, maybe this will make some money and make people laugh. This movie is is not pretentious at all and that that is why it's a starter. It is it is really entertaining. And they picked the Knicks too, which is a great everyone whether you're no matter how big of a fan you are of the NBA and of basketball, you know the New York Knicks. And I mean again, movie set in New York always generally a winner. I'm always a big yeah, fan it, of that. It's also a clear mark of how much they didn't understand basketball though. They're like, yeah, right. we'll move from yeah, yeah. we'll move from New York to St. Louis. <laughs> what? That's one of my issues, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll, into that. We'll get to that. Makes yeah, no we'll fucking that. sense. Yeah, I wanted to um to dive into what like fans or celebrities should coach NBA teams. Like, what what would be because Eddie is is thrust into this role by an owner who just you know wants some pizzazz, want, wants to gain it, you know, get a little bit of attention. What would be the most fun pairings? I mean, Spike getting to coach the Knicks is obvious. Like that was one one for me. Like you know, that's kind of like the, the layup. Are there any others that would be under the radar fun? One that stood out to me thinking about this was Denzel Washington. I think Denzel would oh. be an elite coach. Uh, oh. Is he a, a motivator of humans? You know, he he could just run some training day monologues, the spread he throughout the season. He passes the brick wall test, right? Yeah, uh, been a previous coach and remember the Titans, Coach Boone. Yes, uh, just yes. I, I was inspired. I thought he cured racism watching that movie as a kid. He did so. Yeah. He could temporarily clear up the net situation. <laughs> I, I think Denzel's who yeah. they need to bring into Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just tell Kyrie, you know. Maybe don't post things on social media. Tell Ben Simmons maybe, to love maybe basketball just again. Maybe just don't talk. Maybe just yeah. maybe just don't. Maybe when you have a thought, just just don't. Just leave it to yourself. Bury it. Bury it in the in the sand there. I, he also used to hoop. I, I pulled that from yes. an interview I think he did with, I think it was on Jesus and Mara, which was great. RIP to Jesus and Mara, or to that show, mm-hmm. which is great. To the show. But, yeah, to the show. Jesus uh, and Mara live, are, are, are alive and healthy. But he also... He's also a weirdly like a Knicks and Lakers fan. Knicks from where he, you know, he grew up uh, over there near New York, and then he's in L.A. now. So he claims both teams. So that's just the that's just the coach mindset in him, where it's like I, I yeah. will go wherever I'm needed, which I love. Well, we've seen him play, and uh, and he got game. He's pretty good. Also, yeah, 
I busted out the, the playoff 13s. Uh, not the playoff 13s. Uh, a pair of 13s, which then became one of the iconic colorways of the 13s. And I, he would just be entertaining beyond measure. You know, I like, yeah. I, if, if, would anyone tee up Denzel? Would, would a no. ref tee up Denzel Washington? No, but if he did, the monologue he would give that ref would be out of this world incredible. Right. Being amazing. So good. Incredible stuff. Um, I have something on the complete opposite end of that. Larry David. Have him like <laughs> have him coach have him coach the Lakers, like these Lakers. Yes. Wow, I love that. But only if he like only gives half a shit. You know what I mean? Where he's like, I think I think it's better if he just doesn't care at all. Like he's oh, just even, like yeah. he's begrudgingly there. Yeah, like, he doesn't call a timeout during a big run. <laughs> you know, the, the Lake Lakers. Let's say the play, Lakers are playing the Celtics. Celtics go on a twenty nothing run. They hit the last three. Where in a rhythm of a basketball game, any other coach call timeout, give his players you know some 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 rest to, to regroup. Larry doesn't care. He can't. Coach, we gotta call, t- call a timeout. That's the point. Let's just get out of here faster. So I love that. That's a great call. And uh, yeah. if he ever gets mad, the the memeableness of him arguing with the refs, very good. Very Perfection. High. Perfection. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, there's very little IMDb trivia for this movie. There's all, you know, sometimes I tell listeners it's a rich text. Go read it. Um, there's all of 11 items with this one. Um, we, we talked about this before we started recording. Whoopi and Frank Langella became an item on the set and, and ended up dating for five years after this movie. That's pretty significant. Like that's a long full, time yeah, in Hollywood. He, uh, she is listed as a former partner on his Wikipedia. So that's, that's how long it was. I don't, I don't know I don't, what the threshold is when you get, when you go from, they were dating to partner, but they hit that threshold. It's, I mean, it's interesting mainly because during their I thought they were great in the scenes together. Nothing mm-hmm. was really screaming sexual tension to me. No, uh, they it was they had great no. chemistry. They had great acting chemistry together. I thought some of the best scenes and I guess you know we'll get to that later were between the two of them because they're just great actors. But I don't know. I mean I guess <laughs> the 17 year yeah. they have a 17 year difference in age in real life, which yeah. I, you and I were talking Maybe that doesn't matter. Uh, once you're in Hollywood, age doesn't really matter. And get, Frank but. Langella was not like he was looking old at that point. Like it, it yeah. was clear he was on the backside of you know of, of what was going on. So yeah, no, v- very interesting couple. Uh, the only other trivia item of note: the Knicks home games were filmed at the Charlotte Coliseum, home of the Charlotte Hornets. For the final game, Hornets fans were told to cheer against the Hornets. Wow, that yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, but again, like I love that the movie, like they didn't, the basketball is amazing. Like the basketball in this movie. Yeah. Everyone earlier this year, we, uh, Sandler put out hustle and that's one of the best parts about hustle is like the basketball is great. This, as far as like the actual sports action, this is one of the best sports movies ever. If you just, if you're just ranking that there's not a single person in this movie who can't play ball, which is sick. And it's it's great, and and they put the right guys in that position, right? A lo- it was a lot of Mark Jackson 
initiated offense, which I thought was smart. He's one yeah. of the best and smartest point guards of all time. So that was good. And then, yeah, it was – look, basketball movies, the basketball scenes themselves can go astray quickly if you're uh, if you're yeah. not careful, depending on the cuts and, and who you have playing, to your point. And they kind of crushed it. with. I, I, and this might have been in post. This might have been in editing. There might have been some horrible basketball <laughs> that took place. But they did a good job of, like, stacking the field – and and the scenes with people who could actually hoop or at least make it look like they could and yeah and, well, or they got so many the nba team. players yeah, yeah they got so many nba players that it's like hey you guys just play i i, I feel like there was not a lot of chore- choreographed stuff it's like hey just play just we'll we'll, yeah. we'll pick it up um you know hey you need to do a, like there was uh i think it's vladi or someone blocks a, a Knicks player and it's like it's very obvious that like that guy was going up with the intention of getting blocked but yeah. Other than that, like it's it's pretty flawless, which is cool. Again, basketball movies because of how intense the I think football movies have the advantage of football is a slower paced game, so you can kind of choreograph it a little bit more structurally. Mm-hmm. Basketball is a uh, it's wild. It can get wild. People can get out of place, and if you're in the frame and you're just kind of ball watching, again, no one really in the NBA. Well, I guess they kind of do with ISOs, but. Uh, it can be caught. So it was, it was great that they kind of worked it in. I still have questions about what plays were being run in general, uh, because it seemed very too, too free flowing. Yeah. I mean, Eddie's only coaching advice was really pass the ball. There wasn't a lot of, a lot more structure beyond that, but we'll, we'll kind of, we'll get into that. Let's take a quick ad break before we get into three up and then get, get back with that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, Uh, get back with three up, which was, uh, I don't know how long I have to do this disclaimer, which is formally what worked, but uh, what what are the three biggest things that worked about this movie? So for me, there were actually three actors. I thought three of them specifically crushed it, and I'll lead off with Whoopi. I thought she was elite in this mm-hmm. movie. It, look, the movie itself—it's a ridiculous premise. It it ridiculous. It just is. It'll never happen in in sports. I mean, I guess it kind of did with the Colts, but you know, it'll never actually happen <laughs> with the actual fan. I didn't think about that. Yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> The thing is, with Whoopi, you actually buy her as a diehard Knicks fan. You oh, yeah. buy her as someone that the team and the city would get behind as a 
fan coach, uh, her personality and her charisma in this movie is it's just off the charts. Like I, I was yeah. I was locked in on Whoopi from the jump. It kind of fits. So Whoopi is an actual New Yorker. She's born in New York yeah. City. It actually fits that they did the Knicks. I wish they had a greater understanding of of basketball and the Knicks in general because the Knicks are one of the teams that I could feel like actually get behind. Like fuck it, what do we have to lose? Like yeah. Sure. Like let's 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 root for the a fan coach. Like I there's like a very there's a few franchises that I could see in real life getting behind this. The Knicks are one of them because it's again like fuck it. My mind always goes to if this happened during the Twitter era, just Twitter would melt. Oh. I mean, Twitter's already currently oh. melting and like burning down, but this would absolutely just crash it. There would be every Knicks game would be must-see TV. So I would love to live in that world <laughs> where a fan takes over the New York Knicks, but you know, the, uh, Whoopi was incredible uh, in this film. Yeah. But also, so was this is my second one was Frank Langella. I thought as Wild Bill Burgess crushed it, uh, absolutely amazing. He really takes you on that journey of just charming new owner, trying to shake things up. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's to got an aura sh- about him. Yes, it, it, it's 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 very it, it grabs you. Right. It's just very um, it keeps you glued to the screen. But then he becomes a shitty, evil businessman. And you're mm-hmm. he's trying to steal New York's basketball team from them. What? That's a wide range of emotions. And he does it. It's a great way to get shot in New York City, too. Yeah. No, there would have been a real riot. I think he, the, the way that he walks down the stairs is very uh, it's very civilized. All the New Yorkers just yelling these kind of half assed insults at him. I think he would have gotten mauled. I think life. so too. I, I I think he I think he catches someone's hands. Yeah, 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 and just pure violence. Which also, if they ever do a remake, would be a pretty hilarious scene. <laughs> if, if that ever ever took place, just, yeah, just just uh, Wild Bill just getting beat up by New Yorkers. I'm in on that. Just, yeah, yeah, just just killed. And I also really enjoyed the third thing for me was Richard Jenkins in this movie. You know, you you talked about it earlier. He's kind of this character actor who's. He just really popped up in a couple other things. You know, he was in Step Brothers, which I thought he was fantastic in. Friends he's also Benefits. an Oscar nominee. Yeah, he's, he's really yeah. good. So the, the the three the three Oscar three people honored by the Oscars carry this movie. Like big Shocking. surprise there. <laughs> Shocking. I thought he played the assistant coach slash you know sidekick role really really well. But can I also say, wasn't really surprised that his character was overlooked for that Hornets job uh, because I'm not sure the dude is a good basketball coach. I didn't no, really no. I didn't see him advise Eddie on one good basketball play throughout the entire movie until the end when he basically openly defied Eddie's play call uh, and put in his own. Like, like, what were the Knicks running? What was their offensive or defensive system? Aside from dumping in the post to to wilson or or and and then have someone cut down the lane which is a very it's an easy play to defend just defend the cutter you know stop the cutter and this dude was that's the thing with these fish out of water sports stories like this trope of new coach gets thrown in a situation like it happens in little big league two years before this also starting also because dennis farina vacated the job uh there's always like the fish out of water coach but there's the assistant 
who's been there for 20 years and is right. like, you know, can do the dirty work and knows this stuff. And the, the coach learns from the assistant. And while I love Richard Jenkins, he's just got big, like, I'm just trying to, I'm just here. So I won't get fined energy. Oh, a thousand. And he even kind of says that he says that. During yeah. That he's one like, practice I got kids where, in college. <laughs> yeah. And he's just trying to get him through. So I, that being said, still enjoyed the performance, the character. Yeah. Would have loved to see him at least try to help Eddie a little bit more and drop some X's and O's and some plays, you know, maybe instill some of the stuff that initially Coach Bailey was hesitant for. I don't know. Just, just that's 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 your shot. And also, can I get honorable mention for Mark Jackson's character as the uh, the Bible thumping NBA player, which was just a chef's kiss of art imitating life, uh, right there? Because a little on the nose, yeah. A little too much. I mean, this is the guy who literally tried to heal Steph Curry's foot at his church with some ritual that he was doing because he's a pastor there. So it really it really hit home for me just watching him do all that stuff and not he didn't really like cussing, which I thought was hilarious. Really on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, and I just want to clarify the three up are general guidelines. We're we're not uh you know we're, I'm not <laughs> yeah. holding you to those three, but like one one of the ones I had you, you kind of touched on it, the Whoopi performance, but Whoopi is an authentic sports fan in this movie. Is you know the type that like there is a genre of sports fan that lacks self awareness. They can't understand why people don't feel the same way as them as far as how important the sports are. Like why, you know, why does no one care about the Knicks? Why, why is everyone not obsessed with the Knicks? Like when the guy comes in while she's doing her radio show or whatever it is, while she's directing the limousines in the beginning, like she doesn't understand why this guy isn't as tied, uh, tied into the Knicks Hawks game as she is. And like that kind of sports fan is a very real phenomenon. Like these people who think this is truly the most important thing in the world. Like, not like this is my favorite thing. This is the most important thing. There is a clear difference. And, and Eddie is the, the latter. She is the, this is the most important thing in the world, which is a real person. Oh no, absolutely. I would love to see Eddie on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, she would crush that. She would be absolutely fantastic. Eddie, and, Eddie is firing off tweets. Like Eddie is fucking killing James Dolan every single night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have to call in anymore. It's just her thoughts go out into the Twitter sphere and every more people see it arguably. Right. Uh, although Chris Berman, not a bad audience to, uh, to, to spit your Nick's vitriol at, which was yeah. Chris Berman. Oh, yeah. I always, it's great whenever you see him on TV. It's just always a. I face. love, like, so the cameos were something I had. Like, I, I love it when sports movies have the cameos. It, it brings in the authentic. Like, we get Berman, we get Marv Albert, um, we get fucking Fabio, and then we get uh, <laughs> it's it's we get forty five. We get uh, we get old DT is in there, and then Rudy oh, Giuliani. Oh it was boy. it was weird to see Rudy Giuliani talking to news cameras, not in front of Four Seasons landscaping. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, that's just what I what I th- what I think of him at now. But the the cameos were in Berman, like they do at at halftime of Monday Night Football. Berman does like the two minute NFL Live thing, and it's just the throwback of like Berman running through the games of the NFL Live music, and like that still hits. It's still really really good. I I'm I'm always gonna be here for Berman, no matter what. I'm gonna gonna miss Berman deeply when he's not doing anything on TV anymore. Yeah, and and when he's not, we'll just have to rewatch Eddie over and over yeah, again just, to get our fill. Yeah, or Eddie and Eddie the longest yard uh uh 
twofer right there because he's in that's the longest right. yard too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, something that worked that incredibly realistic from everything we know about this person is uh, John Sally escorting two women into his room. Apparently, ab- about as realistic as it gets from what uh, what has been said about John Sally and how he conducted his business. You know, they uh, similar to how they hit the nail on the head with Mark Jackson in that casting. Also the same with John Sally and uh, same probably the rest Sally. of the team yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although uh, the, the, the scene where we see all the players escorting extremely attractive women in, in their um, into their hotel rooms is in San Antonio coincidentally. And um, I'm with, I'm with Charles Barkley on that one. We're just going to leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I don't think that they, you know, they found that in that city. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we've talked about the other things that like the basketball looks great. You know, that, that helps like there, the fact that the, all the team, the guys on the Knicks are NBA players, John Sally, Malik Sears, Rick Fox, like that's, that stuff all works. Uh, but I, what is the strikeout in this movie? What is the, the, the part in this, the most head scratching aspect of this movie that just doesn't work at all. For me, I went really into the weeds here and this one specific scene that really bothered me, which was Eddie changing her answering machine every day with trivia questions. Like that is an incredible answer. (laughs) I get being, you love sports, right? Like I, I can relate to that. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. Even like going as far as to your point earlier of not understanding how under other people don't understand why you love sports. Right. To change your answering machine every day, and for for the younger listeners, voicemail, whatever. But every yeah. day, and answering we- machines were machines that were next to your landline, and they, when when you didn't pick up your landline, they then the, yes. the answering machine is where where people left the voicemail. To leave a trivia question every single day on your answering machine is some Riddler behavior that where where I, like Batman. <laughs> would be losing his fucking mind if this happened to him. It is, it's something I completely forgot until I rewatched it where, so when her initial machine runs and then, you know, she leaves the question and it's her friend who's saying, you know, you know, dress appropriately for the game or whatever. She hear she misses the call and she comes to change it. She didn't even listen for the answers from the, from the day before she just went and off the top of her head, she didn't have a book. She didn't have any notes. This is just trivia. At this point, Kyle, this is a person who likes sports too much, <laughs> right? Just Eddie would have been much. trying to get on Stump the Schwab so badly, right? And the Schwab would have said, "Look, you are, <laughs> you are too much." The, Stump uh, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, Stump Eddie. You know, it's just a quick, like, sidebar, like, exit off the highway. Can you imagine? So, like, you get home with your answering machine. Like, you remember how it was. You know, hey, you have three messages or four messages or something like that. Can you imagine if you pulled up your phone and it's like you have four voicemails? Like, you're going to think someone has died. Yeah, and that's things glaring, like, on your on the icon on your phone uh, for all, all our iPhone users out there. It's leaving a message these days or leaving a voicemail, it better be pretty fucking important or like an appointment reminder but if it's if it's a friend at this point if i don't pick up just text me so that that's the that's i guess the biggest difference right this was in what 95 96 so i get it yeah but 
I don't know how many friends I'd still have if my outgoing voicemail was, what year was Stephen Curry drafted? <laughs> you know, number seven overall in the 2009 draft. There's there's only so much <laughs> that friend, I would get I would stop getting calls. It, it would just oh, be that yeah, no one. Yeah, that'd be a nightmare. Um, My strikeout was this movie just doesn't at all understand the economics of buying and selling NBA franchises at all. Yeah, that's a good one. It very, very lacking. So when we meet Wild Bill, uh, Eddie, who is the diest of diehard Knicks fans, you know, is driving him in her limo, has picked him up from his, his private jet. Eddie would know it would be humongous, a huge deal if the Knicks were being sold. Really, if any NBA franchise were being sold, but if the Knicks were being yes. sold in the middle of the season, everyone would know who that guy is. Everybody. He would be one of the most, like, he would turn into one of the most famous people in America. Eddie would absolutely know who he is. Like, and she has no clue that this guy's buying the Knicks. We'll see, because live with us now is Wild Bill Burgess himself. Bill, congratulations, but how do you really expect to turn around this ball club? Well, Chris, you're going to see more entertainment. You're going to see better marketing. You're going to see cuter cheerleaders. You know the Knicks don't even have a mascot. Bill, so what? What about changes on the team? Will ESPN? Yeah, put me on with this place. We've got a hot one on line four. Eddie from Manhattan. Eddie from Manhattan, you're on live with Wild Bill Burgess. Billy, you really want a mascot, babe? You need to put a saddle on Bailey and ride his ass around Central Park all night. That's what you need. <laughs> well, you know, if that didn't sell tickets, I might consider it, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. And don't call me hun. And then he he f- tries to flip the Knicks like he picked up like a, a foreclosed house and redid the cabinets and the floors. And then he's like flipping them to these guys from St. St. Louis and moving the New York Knicks who I'm looking now, the Knicks are the most valuable uh, NBA team in the country or, or mo- most valuable NBA team yeah. on the planet. According to Forbes, uh, moving them from New York city, the biggest sports market in the country to St. Louis, a city that's foot their football team moved is, is just like no one understands sports in that. And I don't know how you fix that. I don't know how you keep this similar plot and like keep it in New York, but have this thing. But it's like he owned an NBA team for like two weeks and he's trying to flip them to four guys from St. Louis. It, it, it's crazy to me. It, it's like no one here understands the NBA. The solve for that is so simple, too, right? You just pick a different city. Vegas makes a whole lot of sense, right? Like that. Yeah. There's an NBA. There's an NBA team probably going to be there in actual real life in the next couple of years. How is yeah. it? Or, St. or Louis? you do this. You do this with the Bucks. Like you do this with Milwaukee or something. Sure. And they're getting flipped. Like so. All all credit to the the to the not this past year, but the year before NBA champion bucks, but you get what I mean. Like someone yeah. like that. Can you imagine if Adam silver approved a move for the Knicks or the other 29 owners were like, yeah, I think it makes a whole lot of sense that the Knicks should move to St. Louis. It's Spike just- Lee's next movie would be sick. Yeah, <laughs> it would be, it would be, it would be incredible. It'd be a bloodbath. It would, it would be amazing. St. Louis of all the places. I had honestly forgotten that that's where they were moving. I kind of remembered that he was going to take the team somewhere, but I forgot that they'd actually revealed where St. Louis is one of the worst choices they could have made. 
and it, yeah. that's what makes this so funny. That's what makes this movie so funny is that they, they chose that. But also, Wild Bill buying a team midseason, uh, I don't think that that can happen. Can it? No, I mean, uh, it's... It's just like, why would but you it's, do that? It's the the nature of just buying them on a whim. He's literally buying them to flip them like an asset. It is, and also like this is this wasn't my strikeout, but I guess this is one B. Frank Langella, great actor, nominated for an Oscar. He's incredible as Richard Nixon in Frost Nixon. That Texas accent is lacking. It is not good. I don't understand. And I'm I'm working this through in my head right now. Frank Langella is from Jersey. They should have just had him be a guy from Jersey who's like, I'm moving the Knicks to Hoboken and suck yeah, New yeah. Yorkers. Like that's it right there. <laughs> We're gonna have two teams in New Jersey. It's the two Nets. Teams in New, two teams <laughs> in New Jersey. And the Knicks, and they're gonna share an arena. Uh so talk me through this because I think I find this fascinating, the the Texas accent. I from being from California, I didn't really think twice about it. Like I thought it's not great. It's not like McConaughey where I'm like, oh, that's a that's a fucking Texas accent. What about it made it not good? And like, what's a what's an example of someone who's not from Texas who did a good one? If that makes sense. So it's more it's more just like it's not a good Southern accent. It's very put on. Um, like in last week's episode, we did the Rainmaker with Matt Damon, who does like a Memphis accent. And he okay. just he gets it like Damon. It's like, who does man? Who does Texas? Who is not from? Te- you know, Woody Harrelson, Louis, his Louisiana Southern in um, okay. True Detective is really good. It's just like they because they're doing the eccentric Texas billionaire thing, and it's just it like there's just something about it. Just it, it hits false for me with with Langella. It's just not. You know, he's like a, is he like a Ross Perot or is he one of these like eccentric, you know, the, the eccentricity thing is just, I, I know the character they're trying to go for, but it just didn't, he didn't strike me as like Texas money. Like, I don't know. I looked at him. I was like, I don't know where you're from. I don't think you're oil money. I don't, you're, you're a little too like weird for Dallas. I, he's maybe like an Austin guy and, but I. I don't know. It's it's a strange it's a strange beat. It's just something that it, it strikes false, which is so which is interesting with a character with an actor like Frank Langella. I also think he probably didn't put as much research into this role as he did into playing Richard Nixon, which is fair. <laughs> also, which is completely very, fair. Very fair. Frost Nixon, a historical movie where there's actual facts that you can look at. You know, Eddie, not so much. So uh, yeah, but I if, if he would have looked at like just like listen to tapes of LBJ like that, that would have worked too. Okay. But it's yeah, but it, you mean LeBron yeah, it James, just, it didn't hit for me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yes. Of course. LeBron James, yeah. <laughs> the, um, so the, what, what's, what would be the LeBron James, the, the meme that's going around now about him, like knowing, knowing, knowing everything. Something? Yeah. It's knowing so everything. What would be the meme from this movie? What would, what would be the LeBron meme from this movie? I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, that he, that he knew that he was going to sell the team. You know, he's, oh, once he bought the team, I, I knew it. I knew Eddie was going to be a good coach. That's another knew, good one. Knew as soon as they pulled Eddie down to shoot that free throw, I knew she was going to be a good coach. Yeah. Despite her horrible form, I, she definitely spoke to me as a great NBA coach. 
There's a, that's a, I that's like a great the question. idea of bringing fans down to shoot free throws, except um, this is something I was workshopping this weekend. We went to see uh, Texas and TCU, and uh, we sat in a, a, a part of the stadium that was like all all Texas fans. It was like alumni and stuff. We we're the only TCU fans. But um, for, for folks who don't know, TCU, uh, and this was, I guess, two weekends ago now, TCU beat Texas, I think, 17-10, but Texas' offense played terrible. Their quarterback is Quinn Ewers, who is 18 years old, and a lot of people just talking about behind me, just yelling at him and yelling at the receivers for dropping balls and stuff like that. I think teams, like, especially this will work best for basketball, uh, each team has, like, a scout that they send into the stands, and they, they find fans who are talking mad shit about these athletes, about the, the people who are, like, top 0.01% in the world of their sport. And they find, like asshole in the nosebleeds who's like you suck make free throws they're free throws and stuff like that and each team gets to pick a fan of the opposing team and if the game is tied in regulation in the regular season each team's shittiest fan has to shoot free throws to see who wins the the, the oh. ones the ones yelling players i'm wor- i'm workshopping this idea um yes but i i, I would love to see it because there were um you know there were like guys sitting behind me at the game like a guy drops a pass when he's about to get his you know, fucking destroyed by a safety. He's like, you got to catch the ball. Like, sir, you are 80 pounds overweight. And I don't, I think the only thing you have caught recently is a bucket of KFC. I, I yeah. would like, or you, COVID would like to see you go. <laughs> yeah, or COVID. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's, so that's, that's just what I like. And I mean, listen, Eddie is like, if we're going into three down, as far as three things that didn't work, like, while Eddie is a realistic basketball fan, she is like heckler stink. I'm I'm very anti heckler. Uh, I I am too. I I understand wanting the best for your team. And look, I used, when the Warriors were bad, which now is 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 a weird thing to say. When they were bad, yeah, wow, you would just be ups- you would just be upset, right? It was just, and I get it. You spend your hard earned money to be there or to watch. You know, you use your time to watch these games, and you just want to see a good product, but. To some of the and, and look, I fall prey to this too. I, I like I'm, I'm guilty of this too, where I, I question a lot of the decisions Jimmy Garoppolo does every Sunday, <laughs> right? I, so I, it's I, I don't I see why it. he seems, seems like things are going really good. <laughs> he's a, he's a ha- handsome man, below handsome average man. quarterback. Yeah, handsome very, man. Yeah, yeah. He's a uh, could be could have been in this movie. Uh, could, could be a movie star. Yeah. Who knows? But. It's uh, heckling and getting that you should have done this with it. Like, like again, to your point, catching catching a ball over the middle when you know there's a safety who is just has you targeted, right? Like zeroed in. And you drop it. When you're actually playing sports, you get it. right? Because you're in the moment. You're, you're worried about nine different things. And I guess that's the difference between a professional athlete and just you know, a, a regular Joe Schmo is – the professional athletes, in theory, can block all that extra distraction out more than the rest of us mere humans who who do podcasts or, or whatever <laughs> it may be, right? Who pot so, about people playing sports? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's a it's it's a weird phenomenon, and especially I guess like Twitter's kind of guilty about this, and just kind of the internet comment section where everyone has an opinion now. And everyone feels mm-hmm. like their opinion matters just as much as a 
you know, as a Stephen A., as a, as a Chris Berman, <laughs> as the aforementioned Chris Berman. So it's it's a tricky thing where I think fans' voices should be heard, but the, sometimes the criticism gets wild. It gets yeah, out of get, pocket. It gets, it gets bad, and especially, like, in person, like – it take especially now in the age where you can be an anonymous heckler it it takes a it takes like a weird set of set of balls to like heckle guys in person like it's it's weirdly it's extra shitty now because you could just go on you know your favorite team's message board and hack away but no you want to you want to be that extra little bit of asshole to do it in person and the extra shitty thing too is if these athletes or coaches respond all of a sudden they're the bad guy or girl mm-hmm. right where it's like did you just hear the the amount of shit that's been said to them and look i'm not a huge fan of russell westbrook's game or like watching him hoop especially lately uh in neither the lakers yeah 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 <laughs> in the latter of his career but you know when they were they're playing a little bit better now and, and so is russ cause ever since he started coming off the bench but you know, in the beginning there, when they were really, really struggling, they're walking off the court. I re- there was this video of, you know, him walking into the tunnel, Westbrook, and some fan talks mad shit to him. And he pops his head back out and says, what did you say? And all of a sudden this fan is cowering. And now it's, you know, the headline is, oh, Russell Westbrook responds to fan or like he's not mentally tough enough. Or it's like, bro, this dude just probably made fun of his family, you know, just said he, he doesn't deserve x y and z when like look once upon a time russ was an elite basketball player he's still an elite athlete he's still better than 99.99 percent of the world at this particular sport it's just wild when you know kind of that double standard of where where we where 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 it is now where you know if they respond to somebody they look like shit and i don't know i'm all for athletes responding to hecklers like i think they should be well within their rights dude like if someone walked into my office like a stranger and started talking (laughs) shit to me like i wouldn't just be like "Mm, okay like that's fair i'm just i'm gonna go shower now especially if we work from home it's like how did you get in my house (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i didn't realize my didn't realize my door was unlocked that's strange i didn't realize you i was this bad at my job where you wanted to get into my house that's that's tough but um you don't even want to steal anything you just want to heckle me (laughs) you just want to you just want to talk shit (laughs) just take my tv just leave me alone yeah uh okay so so three down what else didn't work about this one for you i mean there's a lot of knickknacky basketball stuff all right, Kyle, I'm just going to read these off quickly yeah. and we can extrapolate on on a handful. This is a fat list. I'm just going to I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, there's so, a lot. All right. So here's everything that I found wrong with the team, which some of it I already addressed. Uh, why does Coach Bailey have a big contract if the Knicks suck? Uh, can we see some articles or and then he feedback? gets a job with another team in the middle of the season? Did the Hornets oh. fire their coach to take also on, on my. Also later in my list, uh, the New York media is unforgiving, right? No way in no way in hell the press doesn't talk about him during that game where Eddie comes down, right? So yeah. that's one. Did the Knicks ever make a substitution at all throughout the entire They movie? said that that uh Patton didn't like they they mentioned or Stacy, they they mentioned that he never sits, which is that that's uh also That's the a opposite problem. of load management. Right. Also a problem. So basically the reason why the Knicks suck is because their starters are playing 48 minutes a night. <laughs> like it's a video game. And yeah, maybe by the end they're all exhausted. So basically yeah. it actually sounds like 
Tom Thibodeau is coaching this team today, who ironically is the c- current coach of the Knicks. Uh, the f- just as an FYI, the first Knicks sub in this movie comes at 54 minutes into the movie. That's is, tough. That's a tough scene. Which is Greg Ostertag, who then stumbles in the movie with his pants on. Uh, Stacey Patton doesn't do interviews. He get fined like you wouldn't believe, especially after you go eight for 38 from the field. You, you, you got to talk. $50,000 to finish the season as coach seems like a severe underpay. I don't care how much coaching experience you don't have. Wild Bill's got the money for that. Again, what offense are the Knicks running? This is just a running list I have. No way in hell Malik Silly is giving Gary Payton the business the way that he did. That's I have that written down saying that had to kill Gary Payton to get beat like that. GP is from Oakland, right? And he... I get it. He got he got a check to kind of lay down for for Malik Sealy. He would lock the shit up out of Malik Sealy. Stacy Patton doesn't matter. GP the glove is a fucking legend. That made no sense to me. You you it said would this take earlier. it would take more research than we have time for. But I would be curious when this was filmed and then what Gary Payton's <laughs> next game against Malik Sealy was like after that. This might have been the impetus for Gary Payton leveling up and the Sonics making the finals in 96. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then Bailey getting hot. You already mentioned this Bailey getting hired that late in the season by the Hornets for a borderline playoff team. Like what credentials does this guy have at this point? I didn't see shit when he was running the Knicks. Uh, you meant Knicks being moved to NYC out of NYC to St. Louis. How many games in a row answered me this? If you know, did they, did the Knicks win to make the playoffs? Because they were severely under five hundred. Four or five. We have like a we have that montage, but it's not many games. Seems it seems very minimal. Like I would say no more than seven. Right. And I think I could have heard this number wrong toward the beginning of the movie. They're like, on the Knicks are now thirteen and forty eight. I'm like, that's severely under five hundred. So Eddie they seem horrible. Would have had to go on a a legendary, a historic almost Lakers-esque winning streak for them to make the playoffs. Uh, And this is the one that bothered me the most was how was Ivan in the closing lineup of that must-win game on defense? Clearly, he is really, really good offensively. Probably has a nice little post game, nice little spin move. Defensively, it's widely known that he is terrible. Why is he in this closing? Why is he in the league if he cannot? He's a big who cannot play defense in the 90s. Yeah, I I feel like this is where the stereotype of Euros not being or being super soft in the NBA came from. It didn't come from Dirk. It didn't come from Manu. It didn't come from Tony (laughs) Parker. It came from Ivan Ivan. and Eddie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That that's my new theory that I'm uh, I'm willing to uh, to go to go to bat for. Also, the. the the game ending on a charge very strange didn't love it i think you know actual nba would go nuts for that and and larry johnson just horrible basketball iq right you're down one you take you take the game all the way down to the wire you got to shoot that this earlier movie so you can choosing to have a walk off charge is a that is a choice it's the I appreciate the choice. 
but my God, it, that still could have been a block. That's a 50-50 call at best in 95, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I hey, I, I went and I found uh, the, the box score from Gary Payton's first game versus Malik Seeley uh, after filming, and it it's a little disappointing. Um, the, so the, the Sonics, it's Malik Seeley was on the Clippers in the 95-96 season, Gary Payton on the Sonics, obviously. So the Sonics, uh, Clippers come to town, Sonics blow them out. It's 127 to 108. So, like, you know, GP did what he needed to do. Um, Malik Seeley played 34 minutes. He had 15 points, uh, four boards. So, fine night. Uh, Gary Payton, yeah, Gary Payton put up 21, nine assists, four boards. So, like, you know, he didn't, didn't like kill him. You know, the, the team, the team killed him. Uh, pretty pretty evenly spread around like Sean Kemp 18 and 9 it's not bad Detlef Shrimp 17 poured in 17 Sam Perkins 17 off the bench oh yeah I think the thing is we got to see like what the matchups were you know what I mean? like how often was Gary Payton really guarding Malik Seeley in That's that matchup and, and if it was a blowout right like is Malik Seeley did some of those points and, and those stats come in garbage time yeah I don't know that's, that's a good point you know maybe maybe but also, Malik Seeley averaged 10 points his entire career. I looked it up, basketball reference. He averaged 10.4 points per game. Again, the way that this their one-on-one came off in the movie was that he was that much better than Gary Payton. Obviously, Gary Payton was playing a street baller or whatever they, they framed it as in the movie. And, you know, Stacey Patton plays in the NBA. Again, it was really hard to remove myself from the fact that Gary Payton and Anthony Mason – basically pulled this dude out of a limo and challenged him to one-on-one in dress shoes. Yeah. I just, I can't it, believe that Gary Payton it, let him, like, I need to know what the paycheck was like. I understand, like, being in a movie is cool and stuff like that, but Gary Payton is just one of those guys that, I, like, I can't, like, okay, now Gary, he's going to get out of the limo, he's going to be wearing dress shoes, and he's going to beat your ass in street hoops. Gary Payton seems like the guy who'd be like, you got to find someone else. Like I feel like all the NBA players would be like that in general. I mean, there's that Denzel Washington told that story about him and Ray Allen, and he got game, and you know he he didn't tell Ray what he was gonna do, and he just scored mm-hmm. on him, and Ray got pissed. Mm-hmm. He got mad that that Denzel Washington scored on him in a movie. How how I just want to know that this is something that someone needs to dig into with because GP's kind of doing the rounds. Uh, lately, especially with his son playing in the league, how did he really feel about this? I would like, I would like I, to know. Someone's got. I would like to know. Um, let's let's get into the best scene. Uh, this, and y- you tell me if if I'm wrong. I feel like a lot of the scenes were indistinguishable. I feel like they were all uh, about the same. It was hard to find one that really stands over the top. As far as they they all kind of had the same elements, like. You know, like the half the the first halftime show where you know when Eddie comes down, makes her free throws. Um, you know, there's also in in that one the the dude with the suit can do all the globe trotter stuff with the ball, which like Eddie makes a crack about, but then he can't hit the backboard with the free throw. Found that highly implausible. Um, yeah, yeah, so like like that scene's good. You know, um, the Spurs game is good. You got Avery Johnson getting into that ass a little bit, which is a fun. Talking yeah, shit in his little in his talking Avery Johnson shit. voice, <laughs> as, yeah. as you, which yeah. is 
wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I mean, it's that's a great point by you in that a lot of the a lot of the movies actually kind of, I feel like it's kind of at the same mm-hmm. pace and the same energy throughout throughout the entire movie, and that's why for me the best scene was where. Basically, Bill reveals that he's going to sell the team to Eddie during that kind of rooftop dinner and where subsequently Eddie tells tells him off, uh, you know, when he reveals. And then the lines look, the lines are a little cheesy when she's responding and she's she says things like, wait, the the Knicks belong to Mm -hmm. New York, blah, 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 blah. But Whoopi's delivery of fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Was just that was my best quote, right? and, and this movie's right. Yeah, th- this movie's rated PG thirteen. They you get one, one fuck, fuck. In there, and they made a <laughs> they made amazing use of their one fuck, and it, it just it just hit it hit me like right here where it was just this again this ridiculously premised movie, these over the top comedic moments, and it was uh, it hit me this, this dramatic moment where you're like. And which again speaks to Whoopi Goldberg and Frank Langella's acting mm. abilities too, where they were just able to pull you in. Yeah, in that, in that. Yeah, scene. that that was one where it was the kind of the reality of like, hey, this is a screwball basketball comedy that is is not really grounded in reality. And oh, hey, the, here are two Oscar caliber actors talking on a rooftop like that. Yeah. That that is it's really good. the The only other thing I had that was dialogue based it was like that when John Sally is talking about player pro like the players' problems. Like, hey Eddie, this is this is where yeah, you can help, you know like good. Hastings' life is falling apart because because he's a piece of shit. But we'll get into that. Uh, Ivan can't speak the language. Like it's kind of ahead of the ahead of its time a little bit. On like, hey Eddie, you can help with the mental side. Like you the these guys are humans. Yeah. Treat these guys like players and like. John Sally sneaky good in this. Like we, if like he, he's, really yeah. Good. I mean, he gets, so he gets what he's in. Um, he's in bad boys, right? Like John, John Sally has made a little, the year before little run this. of it. Yeah. yeah. Like he's yeah. John, John Sally's good. But what is, so is that, is that the best stand for you? The, uh, the, the rooftop exchange for me? Yeah. It was just cause, and it might be because it, it felt so different from the rest of the movie in kind of a good way, right? It kind of gave it some heart almost where you're like the, them making the playoffs. It also add more conflict to them making the playoffs, right? Because yes, you want the Knicks to make the playoffs, but also it could mean the team going away. So it added this other layer where again, it, it didn't seem that it didn't seem that unrealistic where it's like, Oh, at this point, this makes a lot of sense, but their their interactions. Were yeah, great. yeah, I would agree. Also, I need to correct myself. Uh, John Sally was not in Bad Boys. It was J.B. Smooth who was in who was in Bad Boys. Uh, J- no, he's in Bad Boys too. He's in Bad Boys. John Sally. I'm not yeah. seeing it as well, yeah. He's the he's the guy who like finds the um, he like he's in prison and works with them to find. Uh, he's like a computer hacker. See, I think that might have been. Is he? Yeah, here. So it's uh yeah no you're when what the hell his uh yes his his uh rotten tomatoes then was failing me yeah no it's uh and he's in he he is in two he's in bad boys two as well uh because he he then gets a job i think <laughs> uh with 
with with the year. Yeah, I thought that was JB. He's he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's roll into the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character then, because there's a lot of options here. Because I think Whoopi is probably the only person yeah. who's in the movie too much to not be a supporting character. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot. I'm just gonna run through the nominees. We got Dennis Farina. Yeah. Is, is Coach Bailey? I just yeah. I love Dennis Farina. Uh, Frank Langella is Wild Bill. Giuliani as himself. It's just it's weird to see Rudy, Rudy <laughs> Giuliani. Uh, Rick Fox is Hastings. Lisa Ann Walter is Claudine. It is uh, I don't know if you're a Parent Trap fan, but uh, who are you talking to? Chessie from the Parent Trap is her friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John Sally, who we were just talking about, and Richard Jenkins. That is a is a murderer's row of Lenny Harris Pinchitter Award nominees. Can I go off the board? Yeah, go off the board. I'm going Malik Seeley mm. as as Stacy Patton. Speaking about and himself look, in third St- person, I like that. Yeah, so he was a shitty, shitty basketball player. Yeah. Right? Like, how do you not pass on offense? That's half the game on the offensive end. But he's, he makes her a compelling supporting character in that, if you think about it, he's actually the biggest cause of conflict throughout the whole movie. Because if he passes the ball a little bit, the Knicks are probably actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand the superstar label for him when you're shooting eight for 38 from the field uh, on the regular and probably, and you're playing 48 minutes a night. <laughs> and, and again, the efficiency just rock bottom. Listen, Kobe had some lines of... like that though. When he, he was did. playing with like smush and... Parker and yeah. But again, like they, they put in John Sally's character and all of a sudden this people are cutting. He's, he's dropping dimes. Like you wouldn't believe they, they discover Mark Jackson's actually a, better shooter or a good enough shooter to actually take some shots. Like, I think the Knicks don't have a problem if Malik Seeley or say, <laughs> sorry, Stacy Patton is just playing normally passing the ball a little bit. And since he's not, since he's a black hole, essentially that's what causes the most problems. We, we can look back on the coaching. We can look back at, by the way, never see a general manager. <laughs> no. Yeah. We don't know who's running issue. that front office. Yeah. So I it's, mean, it's literally, dude, it bill. is, it is, uh, fucking wild bill, that assistant who brings him stuff in his owner suite. Yeah. And then Eddie, that's a whole organization. Also that assistant also apparently in charge of the salary cap. Yes. <laughs> like how much does this person make? He's like, I got it. It's uh it's a weirdly structured organization that they need to probably redo some stuff on. Um, it honestly, we're not sure that that's not how the Knicks are run right now. So it it might fit. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going with John Sally. I think he's really good in this movie. Okay. I think he gives us... He's great. This movie doesn't really make me emotional at, at any point, but he gives... like He's the closest to, to hitting a real good emotional tone, both with the the thing, you know, talking about the player's needs, talking about his knees, you know, that whole thing. He apparently knows the second he goes down that his knee is cooked, which is interesting. You got very in tune to the tendons in his knees. I had some issues with that. Was that really that hard of a foul? No. No, I just think his knees were straight up bust. I mean, he was, like, in pain when the guy was wrapping his knees at halftime. Like, that's the ultimate sign of, no, you you should not play. So he went knee to knee, so I'm with you on that. I'm fine with that. There was the the play before that where Coach Bailey tells Larry Johnson to basically hack the shit out of him, which is one of my favorite – 80s 90s sports movie tropes 
is to physically assault <laughs> Hurt your opponent. Your opponent. Uh, yeah. Real uh, um, Coach Riley shit right there. Yeah, which uh, I think at this point, you know, th- that's not that's not okay. But uh, there's Larry Johnson fouls him, and someone someone said I can't remember if it's Marv Albert or one of uh, John Sally's teammates who says that was a flagrant. First of all, no, it wasn't. No. Especially in the '90s, right? You you could clothesline somebody in the '90s, and it would just be a common foul. Yeah. He barely touched him. So I had some issues with that. With John Sally, though, to your point, per- great performance. Yeah, man, just talking about like clotheslining in the 90s and like they man, I can't believe they didn't get Charles Oakley in this movie. Big loss. That that Big that one L. hurts. Um he would be incredible. This next the Peter Gallagher award for the hottest person in this movie. This this answer is so obvious. I I have Lisa Ann Walter. I don't think it's I mean, anyone else. She's she's my man. Rick Fox is just one of the oh, like the that's fair. the most beautiful people who's ever walked this earth. Lee Sand Walter looks great though in this movie, I will say. Yeah, the the hundred hundred dollar hooker line killed me. Yeah. Uh that was that was great. She did she did look great, but that's a Rick Fox, very handsome. Very this handsome. Movie. This is this might be peak Rick Fox. I think so. Uh, I, I think he he's had... is he he married Vanessa Williams, I think, or they yeah. dated or something. Yeah. 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 I mean he yeah, married her. Rick Fox was uh was killing it on all fronts, it seems. I skipped over most athletic moment. I texted you. I mean, there's so much good basketball, it's hard to pick, but I texted you that Vladi has a block and then an outlet pass that is just so crispy. Like, it's just yeah. like, it's so good like, sequence. Yeah, he like just whips it with his wrist, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's right. NBA players even pass on a, on a better level than normal people. That, that's a great call. I also had all of Larry Johnson's dunks. Man, Larry, <laughs> he just looked like a monster. Larry Johnson You're fucking unstoppable. Ruled. Back problems stink. Uh, he was he was great, and he could shoot too. Mm-hmm. He could it's shoot also and, funny and he that the he's the the antagonist in the final game, and then like a year later, Knicks fans are just would give their life for Larry Johnson. Yeah, no, he he made some big shots. So I was living in Canada at this time, the first time the Raptors ever made the playoffs. They had to take on the Knicks, and he made some clutch threes for the Knicks that were just you know he had a little elbow thing going. He was he was a killer. Oh he yeah, was a killer for for them. the that gold tooth man um best time worst time i think best time is obvious like who had the best time over the course of this movie i think eddie obviously had the best time yeah i, I mean just the journey right the nosebleeds ju- locker room to to on the floor of msg and you look also she gained a lot of financial stability. I don't know how much she was making at this limo service that she was basically fired from, it yes. seems, because uh, she was defiant. Although, uh, and, and then she led the Knicks to the playoffs. So they were probably mm-hmm. dead in the water, right? Yeah, she, and, she and also led the fight to keep them in New York. Like, she is a city icon at that point. New York, it's one of oh, those she, situations I always talk about, like, Austin will never let Vince Young straight too far like austin will always take care of vince young because of that national title new york city will always take care of eddie no matter what she'll never have to buy a drink ever again in in, in the area she might never have to pay rent again yeah i mean that is huge Uh, she yeah she would have basically carte blanche out there so i i did look at this from the other angle of maybe they should have tanked uh, maybe lost for the rest of the year because I was looking at the '95 draft, which would have been kind of 
kind of around that time for the 95 season. Might have been more beneficial. I'm just going to list a couple of names that were in the 95 draft. Kevin Garnett. Oh, yeah. Rasheed Wallace. Yeah. Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah. Antonio McDice. Yeah. Uh, Joe Smith went number one overall in that draft to to my beloved Golden State Warriors, and <laughs> I don't want to talk about that because, dear God. But that's a lot of names that could have been nice for the Knicks. Who did the, uh, the, who did the Knicks career. draft that year? Oh, they probably, I mean, they probably fuck it up. Right? They probably also <laughs> draft Joe Smith. <laughs> uh, so it's, but again, KG on that is who really stood out. And again, Rasheed Wallace also ended up having a great career, was really good an NBA champion. Stackhouse would have been, would have been nice, but dude. But the, you know, who knows how well they did in the playoffs? You know, were, were they, uh, did they get swept in the first round? Probably. They probably they got on as the eighth seed, uh, and and probably got swept. So I don't know. It might have been more beneficial for them to uh, to tank and kind of keep de- going down that path. You know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Knicks didn't draft anyone in this draft. Did they trade it? Did they trade their? They draft must pick? have not a single. Oh, fucking big country went sixth overall. King shit. To the Grizzlies. Yeah, Damon Stoudemire. Yeah, Damon it looks Stoudemire like Stoudemire went to the Raptors. Yeah. Michael Finley, Spurs legend. Um, yeah, wow. Well, go Knicks, I guess. Um, okay, who had the worst time in this movie? Which character? This is kind of tough. Everyone kind of has a pretty even time. Like, Bailey gets fired, but he's still making a million dollars. Yeah, I, just, I he's mine. I'd still say him because, again, I just kind of look at the journey throughout the movie, right? And... First of all, no idea if he's a good coach. None. None. Yeah. I, has no basketball acumen. Plays the starters 48 minutes. Then gets replaced by a fan. Yeah. Right? Then you're, okay, you're hired by this border, other borderline playoff team. But then you lose in the winner-take-all game to go to the playoffs. $1.3 million or not. Yeah. That's with you forever. He takes the most L's, I think, of anyone. Yeah. Um. I mean, John Sally's character presumably probably never plays in the NBA again. Those knees are those knees are shot. Yeah. Probably still got a decent paycheck though, and kind of resurrected his career toward the back end. Might might lead into some other media opportunities. That's true. He might be fine. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um. Yeah, I, it, it probably is. It probably is Coach Bailey. I love Dennis Farina. That guy rules. Um, He's great. R- roster moves. There's like any pro athlete cameos. There's there's so many. Is there is there an NBA player that this movie is crucially missing? I mean, there's a there's an obvious one. Yeah. If you get if you get Ewing in this movie, if you get Ewing on these Knicks, but then they're too good. I don't know if you Ewing buy theory. Them as like a maybe he's hurt. <laughs> maybe he gets hurt and they start <laughs> yeah. winning. Yeah, I know they, they become too good. I for me, I feel like any of the Bulls, any of the '90s Bulls yeah. would have been great because they were a huge rival for the Knicks. Yeah, right? and in, MJ in had just come back because I think what it's the '90 right. the '95-'96 season is the start of the second three peat. Yeah, yeah, and he comes back at the tail end of the 95 season. So, mm-hmm. sure, maybe that doesn't align with when they filmed the movie and everything else, but, like, can we get some Scottie Pippen in there? Yeah. You know? so Who little, is the guy that he Tony was Kukoc? wearing out in the last dance 
Bur- Burrell. Is oh, Scott Burrell. Scott yeah. Burrell. Yeah, get him. Get him in there. Just a scene of him MJ just wearing his ass out. I I also I have one more, Derek Jeter. So look, hear me out on this. The film was released in '95. Yeah, that, that's when Jeter makes his debut with the Yankees. But he was also drafted by the Yankees in '92. Yeah, can we get him? Can we get him in the crowd? Can we? <laughs> I think he would just been. He was a New York icon. He Get him courtside with Alyssa with. Milano or something like that. Yeah, whoever he was dating at the time. Get him a little cameo. I look. I, I look. It was probably a little early for some Jeter. Uh, I was just looking for. I was. I literally looked up what year was Derek Jeter drafted because I just assumed he was. He's been playing for like fifty years. Uh, shocked to learn again. He got called up in '95. Yeah. So it, kind it of a Yeah, he's probably at the probably at those games. Um. The big chill. So this movie tries to have a big chill moment at the end when they yes they... yeah yeah doesn't hit for me. Does it hit for you? It's supposed to be that. It's it, it's that it, that moment is supposed to be the big chill moment. It's it didn't hit for me because of how quickly Wild Bill changed his mind. <laughs> if that makes sense, right? Because you're like you have this, this grand plan. This man this turns team, down a it. deal that is presumably hundreds of millions of dollars on a fucking whim. He's like, oh well, these New Yorkers. How can I turn this away? Yeah, and like the only realistic part about that is, on some level, I guess, like billionaires just want to be liked. They want to be loved. Like, look at Elon Musk. Yeah, like, I was about to say, the, <laughs> billionaires really willing to spend forty-four billion dollars to make people like him. So they're all they're all just it's hard to understand them. I guess we could just put it that way. So they just want to be liked. So it kind of made sense. It also really took me out of it where it was just this whole grandiose effort to buy the team, find a buyer, find a place to move it to, probably file a shit ton of paperwork with the NBA and just be like, well, since, you know, 50 people came on the court, I should probably change my mind. I've cha- oh. changed my mind. Yeah, you know, fight a little bit more. Like, I, I'm I'm trying to leave this building without getting stabbed. Also, like, who's to say that he just didn't leave the building and tell the St. Louis guys, like, "Hey, don't worry, we're we're still good. We'll we'll move right, the right. team from this major that media was all market f- to to fucking St. Louis." It was all for yeah. It was all for fa- saving face. It was uh, I don't know. It, it, it's your. I think you said this earlier, or maybe it was on a previous pod, but it was like. Not every sports film is going to have that big chill moment. Yeah. Right. And that you can try to force it, but it doesn't always hold it. No, it doesn't hit. You've got to, you've got to have a little more emotional equity built up. And this one, yeah, this one just doesn't have, it's not that kind of movie. Um, And like goofy comedies can still have that. Or like, you know, movies like little big league two years before this has a great big chill moment. Um, Same, same kind of premise. So uh, before more restore, Prequel, sequel, or remake. This trope always works. This trope will, I will at least always go see it if it is the coach, yeah. you know, fish out of water. I, I'm going remake specifically because I want to see it. This story in 2022. I would like, love like today. To see, I would love to see a remake, and it could be even like a Netflix movie that doesn't have a ton of budget behind it. But if you get so. Did you like Hustle? I did like Hustle. I loved yeah. Hustle. And part yeah. of what made Hustle so good was that they got all the NBA the NBA buy-in. They got all the players. They had a, a star. I think if you can get that, but it's like, can you get that if you don't have an Adam Sandler you know, spearheading the project? I don't know. 
But if you can if you can keep all the stuff that was good in this one, like the basketball and all the players and stuff like that, and just get like get one screenwriter who knows basketball and can can do this in in some form or fashion, I feel like this one is ripe to be like it's not too beloved or too good to be like oh we're stepping on a classic, but it's also I feel like relevant enough that people would be into it. And I feel like it'd be easier to make now in that you just get an NBA player to back the movie or a couple of NBA players to like back the movie financially. And then, you know, it's because that that's what made, and I guess gave them those connects with hustle was like spring Hill was behind that. Right. Which is obviously has the LeBron connection. All these NBA players these days have at least some thought or want to get into the media business because they're trying to think long-term. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll give it a couple million dollars to uh or maybe not a couple million but the, you know they'll split a couple million dollar budget with a bunch of other players to get this movie on Netflix. Who knows that that could blow up? You know what I mean? It's I think Netflix has given that opportunity for kind of a low risk high reward because at worst like what it sucks and no one sees it. Yeah, uh, I mean we'll all still watch it if this comes out. We would absolutely absolutely. Watch it. Absolutely. Like the incorporation of social media in this remake version alone would be incredible. Just like the tweets after Eddie gets picked to be the new coach. Um, or I guess the, the alternate version of this is you run a sequel with Whoopi. She's maybe being hired back as the coach and they kind of run back the same concept because in real life, the Knicks haven't won shit. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, uh, I think Eddie that would now be funny. is the, the first GM in Knicks history. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wild, wild Bill is promoter, but like the Knicks aren't winning. She has to go back, go back on the court and figure it out. Yeah. 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 It, I, there's a lot you could do with this. Cause again, it wasn't uh, the fact that you had to ask me if I'd seen this movie just kind of speaks to, it wasn't like you were like, Hey, have you seen space jam? Yeah, like, of course I've fucking seen space. Yeah, it's not, it's there, not there are texts I will send you of like, do you want to do blank like this movie when I, I have the assumption that I know you've seen it versus this one? I was like, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Right. Like, so the previous one we did together was super bad. You didn't ask me if I'd seen super bad. You said, do you want to do super bad? Yeah, exactly. Said, yes. Probably the fastest I've ever responded to a text. But with this, you know, the. I understood the trepidation within you to be like, I don't know if, I don't know if he's seen this and we, we should double check first. So it's, uh, I'm ready for the remake. That's all I'll say. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I think it legitimately has potential. Like it would be, I, people would watch it. I think it, it wouldn't be that hard to get right. Or at least like, wouldn't be that hard to get watchable. So, <sighs> that's a sign that uh let's wrap this one up then <laughs> <laughs> as always truly appreciate you taking the time always good to chop it up with you tell the folks again where they can follow you check out your work yeah over here at the ringer and uh check us out everything we got going on the ringer nba show the mismatch uh the ringers nba draft show and everything we got cooking on, on you know the ringer wrestling feed and, and book of wrestling those are the things again that i work on on a, on a day to day, which are, I guess I work with a bunch of talented and incredible people, but go check us out over there after you're done listening to all the big screen sports that you can consume. Uh, once, once you've kind of binge listened to all those, you can come check us out, but dude, this is always so much fun. Uh, you know, I always got you. So thanks for having me on again.
Always appreciate you coming on, man. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're an Apple Podcast or Spotify. If you want to support the show and have a say in the movies that this show covers, you can go to patreon.com slash sports. If you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm. That's presented by Baseball America. comes at you every other Tuesday. And as for Big Screen Sports, we'll catch you next Monday. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.